Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the OFD Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Bowles, site manager, emperor, supreme warlord, and defender of the faith over at onefootdown.com on the SB Nation Network. Joining me once again is the Commissioner Jude Seymour and the Chief Inspector, Brendan Mecca-Linden. Fellas, there's no way in hell we should ever have blue numbers on green jerseys again. I just, I can't handle it anymore. You know, um, I called the... I, I can't, I, I can't, I can't do it. I don't know if you, I don't know if you're familiar with the equipment manager, but I called them. Um, I actually have a, a direct line to them. And I just said one one thing and one thing only. Do your fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just, what? Message received. Yeah, because the players you know, warmed up in T-shirts, green T-shirts, uh, as they did their pregame warm-ups. <laughs> and the green T-shirts had white, white numbers. numbers on them. You know, they yeah, the, the white... The white uh, last names did not help those of us in the press box uh, to try to figure that out. It was just a white blur. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so the white numbers probably need to move towards the white numbers uh, in, in future greenouts. Please. For the love of God. It looks, um, the, the blue numbers did I, look better on TV on the broadcast, though. They look, look, they look great on TV. And I mean, if you're down on the field, they look good, like up close. I mean, it's it's a good look, but just you know, just to see what, who is who and what is what from a distance away, it's it is difficult. Um, I did so like the names we, of the back of the jerseys. I do hope that this is kind of like one of those things that just ends up happening, like seeing them on the back of the jerseys uh, against North Carolina this weekend. That'd be nice. They just did it. Um, do you regret not asking so maybe, uh, Freeman about it? Maybe out, maybe outlining the uh, the names in like a, a color, like keeping the white as the name plate, but but having a outline like a blue outline or something, or a green, maybe even a green outline. You think that would help? There's well, a lot it's the away, of, it's the away uniforms. <laughs> oh no, I meant yeah for the next home game. I, I apologize. Yeah, I mean I can't imagine um, if you were to put. Uh, an outline around Aaronsberger, how much, uh, how much, how, how much of a blur that is. If you put a stroke around the, the outside of those, those letters. Or even the Adam Miola twins. Cause they have the like partial first name, the which, is, Jason, which yeah. is weird because they go three letters deep on those when you only have to go two letters deep. I, I didn't understand that. I mean, at that point, you're, you're I mean, they just, the... <laughs> that's another, that's another <laughs> letter. Maybe they fucked up on the first one and went three and like, ah, shit. Well, <laughs> we'll have to go three on the other one now. You never know. 
Oh, all right. We are here tonight to discuss Notre Dame's 24-17 victory over Cal. First win of the season. First win of the Marcus Freeman era. Uh, not a great feeling because it was kind of wild, but it, it was a win nonetheless. Um, it is a ten get a win. It's a 10 times better feeling than we all felt at halftime of that game. Absolutely. And, and we got hit with a winning is hard right off the bat in the press conference. So uh, things are going to get back on track. I just know it. Uh, but staying on track, <laughs> staying on track here. Uh, I got some reviews. I want to get these out of the way before we move on and, and talk about Notre Dame's win. I uh, just reminded everybody, get on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. Any review that you leave, I will read on the next OFD podcast. And Brandon, what, what kind of what kind of reviews are we looking for? Uh, we're definitely looking for those earned Julian Love five stars. You're not looking for those uh, press conference that we missed, Manti Teo five star reviews. <laughs> I guess it was happening right so, behind us. It was um, happening. Brendan. The entire the entire press box went quiet, and Brendan and I are sitting there cracking jokes about shit. And then it's like, you know what? Uh, like that Tao press conference is going on right now. And then you look through Twitter and you see the pictures. It's like, yep, that's going on right behind us. Eh. Okay. Brandon, uh, just a quick question. If, if Brandon Joseph gets picked in the fourth round of the NFL draft, is he also a uh, earned five-star? Uh, I don't know. It depends on if he is the if he plays like the best safety in college football this season. Doesn't look is like he an all-American? Is he an All-American? Is he an All-American? Is he an All-American? Does he does, is he a finals for the Thorpe Award? Those are the important things that we're talking about here. Okay. All right, speaking of important things, let's get to it. I uh, got one here from Irish Sandy twenty three, Goat ND Podcast. Says I've five stars. I've tried all the ND podcasts out there, and this is clearly the goat. Love listening to y'all break down ND, and it always feels like I'm talking with a group of friends about the team. I'm an Air Force grad. Let's go Falks. But I grew up next to South Bend and will always love my Irish. I know Josh hates the Navy game, but it means a lot to me. My first game at Notre Dame Stadium was the dreaded 2007 Navy game, and I vowed on that day to hate the midshipmen for the rest of my days. Jesus, dude, I was there at that game. And Okay. Uh... So when I received a recruiting letter to play tennis at Navy, I didn't even open it and threw it right in the trash where it belonged <laughs> and committed to Air Force the next day. <laughs> I hope this season turns around quick, but even if we go 0-12, I'll still tune in weekly. I'm going to the Syracuse, Clemson, and Navy game this year and hope to run into y'all at a game in the future. Keep up the amazing work, and as always, go Irish. Uh, first of all, you, you, I will, you will be able to find me at the Syracuse game. I will be pretty <laughs> visible. Uh, second of all, uh, we lost Air Force in 2007 too. So it was bad. Oh, whooping. Yeah, that one. That one was not. Uh, well, yeah, that that one was not a. Uh, that was not competitive. It was not a competitive match. <laughs> no. Uh. I mean, I'm down with I'm down with Air Force. Best home field uh, armed, armed services collection there is. Yeah, um, the only, they've the had only the thing same quarterback for like 37 years, though. The only thing that sucks I'd is they be, inexplicably, I mean, inexplicably, inexplicably lost to Wyoming this past weekend and cost me a good deal of money since uh, 
all the computers uh, like Air Force big time. So that was like well, 16 and a half point spread, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and they lost. I, t- I took Wyoming to the points. I thought. Good for you. You should have. I, I mean, I like. I mean, I like. I think Air Force has got a good football team this year, but uh, that was that seemed like a pretty big spread. Last time I checked tally site, though, the uh, three OFD podcasters were bringing up the rear in the uh, top 100. So I think it was like 92, 94, and 96. We were all like ranked for the week. So. Oh, so it was a bad week for us too, huh? Yeah, it did, it did not go so hot. It did not go. So we started hot. off so goddamn strong. <laughs> but you know what? We can talk about that more on the the next podcast when we. Yeah, we can because. Uh, I'm going to blame Marcus Freeman for that one too. Uh, okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe even Tommy Rees. Uh, all right, cool. Thanks, Irish Sandy. Uh, moving on here to the, to the next one here. Five stars from Drew Lindy. 10 out of 10 would listen again. I love a show that knows its audience. And this one flawlessly mixes misplaced elitism with undereducated meathead. That's an accurate description. Checks out. That's the shortest, most accurate description of the show I've ever, I've ever read. Excellent. Well, thank you for that. And uh, like I said, get on over to Babble Podcast. Become part of the show. Leave that review. Maybe we'll read it. All right. Moving on to why we're here. And that is like, I don't know, man. You guys want to celebrate uh, Notre Dame's win? Uh, where do we want to start out here? So last week we <laughs> and and the the survey that we did for SB Nation Reacts accurately reflected this as well with their our readers coming in overwhelmingly blaming Tommy Reese for the for the Marshall loss. I'd like to start with with uh, with Tommy Reese and sort of now that we see another week of information, we have a new quarterback, um, Logan Diggs being out ill, uh, forced him to use Chris Tyree more. Uh, Drew Pine's average depth of target, 2.8 yards. <laughs> um, I just wanted to see what people's, uh, your thoughts were on Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator, and how much of this is game plan and how much of this is he's got players who just can't execute um, whatever vision he may have. Uh, well, I mean, I think Tommy Reese's vision isn't going to be anywhere close to being seen for the rest of the season. No. Like that's just that's that's fucking throw that's thrown out the window. I will say that what's what I do find funny, and this is less Tommy Reese more than anything else, and maybe just you just kind of just what happened was you know Brendan and I were talking about like where the hell's Logan Diggs? Where's Logan Diggs? And we were totally fine with it. Like what did we you know the last podcast we had kind of like drug Diggs through the mud. Like you don't need to give him carries. Like there has been zero effective carries. Yeah. Yeah, There has been zero effective carries by Logan Diggs this year. You know, estimate and Tyree should be, should be able to take care of the load, the the bulk of the load. We should just roll with them. So here we had a game where we saw that happen. And I think the results of which both of them had good games. They both had over a hundred yards for the day, but you know, all purpose yards, uh, rushing and receiving, uh, both. I mean, they both had a touchdown. It seemed to be effective. Uh, so when I went into the press conference, I was gonna gonna ask in one way or another, you know, about you know the lack of digs. Was that a plan? About you know, and then you know, right before uh, it was gonna get to me to to ask, 
Freeman offered up that Diggs had been <laughs> sick that week. So I kind of felt like I'd be like, eh, I just thought my question would have been in poor taste at that point, knowing that he was sick. But I thought it was, I still think it would have been a fair something for to ask, you know, like you got a lot of production out of these two. They did their job. Is there really a need for the three headed monster? I mean, can you just ride with a two headed monster knowing that you have a kid, another capable third back that you can use? I mean, you don't have to use three fucking backs every goddamn game. You just don't have to. I mean, you do, but he's in the fourth quarter when the other two need spelling, uh, there, not yeah, first there, half touches. Yeah, not, there you go. Yeah, not not in crucial uh, pass protections spots. So I thought just the fact that it was those two helped the offense because it just you're going to get more out of it. You know, getting Tyree more touches was a, was an important part of of this week. Um, I'm not too sure about what the whole plan was with Drew Pine. Um, obviously, Tommy felt that he should uh, do his job better um, at times. Uh, well, but, we all thought he know, should do his job better at all. At, Tommy at Reese was half, all right? of us. I mean, Tommy Reese was yeah. all of us at that at that yeah, moment he, in time. And oh, it, he was, to be honest with you, 100%. like you guys, you guys heard it from Drew Pine himself, right? Like he was asked about that interaction, and he said. I told Tom, I'm not saying exact words, but basically to the worst, the effect of, I told Tommy to, to be tough on me and our coach Reese to be tough on me. And, um, you know, so that's part of, part of what I asked for. So we've talked about this, we've talked about this over the years, right? Everett Golson was not a guy you could scream at, right? There's guys you can scream at and there's guys. Tommy what? And Tommy was, was, Tommy was, was, yeah. Right. Dan Chris was not that well. Right, Dan Chris was not. So there was no reason to yell at Jimmy. So why would you? <laughs> uh, so do you think I, the narrative then, Josh, to 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 pull it back even further and to go with with Jude too and the the game plan? Do you think that by its its addition by subtraction by removing the extraneous pieces of this offense, it's forced a more um, cohesive and compact game plan that's easier to execute and looks better because the offensive line looked, I mean, as good as they yeah, looked, the offensive in, line did. I thought they did look a lot. They looked a lot better. It was nine days. It wasn't great all day looked, long, but they yeah, looked Lug a lot, had the, a lot Lug better. Had that Olay. And then at the end of the half, there was all of the weird, here's, the, those here's my, starts at the end. Here's the issue. And I, and I can, but, I didn't understand how Cal didn't like uh, kind of get with it a little, little sooner. I kept what I kept telling you, Brendan, sooner or later, we're going to have to fucking stretch the goddamn field. You just, you cannot keep We've seen it before. We've seen Dink and Duncan happen before. Ian book had that issue and hell, at least his passes were going farther than two yards. You know, where all of a sudden the middle, the middle of that field gets, you know, gets bunched up with a bunch well, of players. You can't even get your dick and dunks off. You can't get your running game going. There's some well, it's not going to be until. A, yeah. But that, that, that's not going to run into being a problem until Clemson, because Clemson's the only team that's got the athletes because Notre Dame got dink and dunked by um, uh, Marshall the week before. I mean, Marshall did to us what we did to Cal essentially. Right. I mean, the, yeah. the Marshall quarterback didn't throw downfield at all. And they just churned runs out. And uh, I guess it's a long, I guess it's a long winded way of me saying, I really can't wait until they bench pine and put in Angelian. Because I, I mean, I, I'm not that guy. 
Go Wait, back what? and check my fucking record. You know? Go back and check my record. You know? Check the record. I'm not that no, guy. Team Brian are you are you calling uh, for the benching of the winningest uh, Notre Dame football quarterback in, in in history of Notre Dame football by winning percentage? He's, he's 100%. Yes. Well, I'm, 100%. I mean, he's right there with uh, Gary Gonsi, right? Listen. My wife no, I think made Gary fucking sense games, about it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I just I don't see the fucking point. If the game plan is it was yeah. said going in. You were hearing it like, oh, they're they're going to want to do these short. If the game plan is your quarterback can only throw two fucking yards, then why the hell are we even going with a guy? Throwing, I mean, can Angeli throw a fucking yard pass? I don't know. I'll tell you what, Drew Pine couldn't throw a one yard pass every about half the time on Saturday. I no, just, I don't see the point. I don't see the fucking point in it. Here's what will happen. It's not going to happen next. You're week, fumbling just... the fucking snap. The mesh point is a mess. It's so. What was your favorite? It is a what's your favorite uh, Drew Pine fumble or interception? Well, the one, the one that led to the touchdown. Yeah, the fumble. Yeah. Okay. And Steve uh, Jelly's gonna gonna keep I, clean sheet. Is that I, what I, I have no fucking idea. I don't. But know. I mean, hell, here's let's what throw I, him in there because here's if, that, if he's worse than Drew Pine, then we are really fucked. He is worse than Drew Pine. That's not. That's why he didn't start. Well, he didn't start because he's a we freshman. We don't know. We don't know. No, no, no. no, no. I don't well, know. Hold on. Fuck that. No, fuck that. Stop. You're you're using a Brian. I know Pine you're narrative on. The, I listen. I know you're on the Drew Pine fi- on the Drew no, Pine listen, train. Listen, right now. Listen. The shit has listen, gone off the rails. Listen. There. Do you do you do you think you know better than the coaches? Let's start there. Do you think you know better than yeah, the sometimes. coaches? About who sometimes. Sometimes. I wouldn't be podcasting. Okay. Do you believe that you've seen more <laughs> snaps from Steve Angeli and Drew Pine than the coaches have? Absolutely you can't use not. my logic against me, Jude. You can't. That when I go, okay. that when I'm going off, that that when I'm going off the rails. Not what I just saw. What I just saw. Here's what. I here's what said, I if, say. if that's the best we have, then we are absolutely fucked. If, if we yes. cannot, if our game Hold plan on. is two yard that's, pass, I, that is I the worst she's going to look all I year. I agree though. with you there, but Angeli's not it, the answer. Angeli could be the answer. I don't think you should be dismissed. Could be the answer. The answer. But what I will say is that is the and Ron Paul's could be the answer too. Goddamn right, it's time. But that is theoretically <laughs> it's that should be the worst that Drew Pine look, looks all year. Right? Because he looked like he had jitters in the first half. And he looked like he had jitters longer than that. <sighs> well, but and here's what I'll say: they're not Gene Chizik isn't gonna unlock the castle to defeating uh Drew Pine. It'll be whether or not Drew Pine can keep pace and if Notre Dame can can stop you know UNC's attack but BYU is going to be a problem because if a schmuck like me can sit up in the booth and just look at the game and every time the right to if if the field is to Drew Pine's right side they're going to swing somebody out into the flat up there it happened every single time and then so Brandon, that what- throw what you're talking about is 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 a very real, real concern, which is you can't game plan for a guy that you have very limited tape on. But now Drew Pine is just going to accumulate tape, and he's and all of this stuff that's not very good is just going to get a lot worse because teams that's, will actually just start teeing off on on the tendencies here. What he wants to do, yeah, that's my concern, and that is my hope concern. is is yeah, it's a huge concern, and and maybe that's why they didn't want to give Drew too much for this game because they were confident. 
and what they were going to be able to do with it. And maybe he starts because he can throw downfield. He had to throw to Lindsay against Cincinnati. Like he can throw downfield. That's something he is capable of doing. <laughs> I, I just don't know why. I mean, maybe maybe it just wasn't in the cards for this game because they were like, here's what we know that we can win with. And they they were right. They they could win with it and it worked and it played into Cal's tendencies. Um, so maybe we see some, some more, I don't know, storm duck playing next week. Uh, I mean, this is, this is real, like 2002 vibes to me, which is like the defense is going to have to score some points for us to win. But the, uh, without the turnovers, no right? Cause the defense this year is not scoring points, which is the difference, yeah. I guess. There's no turnovers. Yeah. There's right. No turnovers. No turnovers. So there are turnovers. They just can't keep themselves, uh, you know, from, I don't know lighting up a guy before the interception or, you know, the, the uh, qu- quarterback's knee was down or, you know what I mean? Like there, there have been sort of turnovers, but yeah. Now, you, now you're using like my logic for shit. Shit. What the hell are you? What the fuck are you drinking, Jude? Yeah. You, well, you, you can't use fake stats. That's no, I mean, Clarence Lewis definitely had a pick there. It's just JD Bertrand, uh, unfortunately was busy lighting up a guy. Uh, Blowing up a man. Uh, it's yeah. funny that I'll, we got Nelson, the statue didn't show it. We got Nelson Mandela on that one because Josh and I, as well as um, Tim Priester, all thought it was Bo Bauer who lit him up. We were like, they called twenty seven. I was like, wait a minute. We all thought it was Bo Bauer, just I guess because we we just assumed that that's a Bo Bauer thing to do. No, Bertrand, Jesus Christ, like he must have really been uh, saving that all day long because. Uh, no, didn't really do shit. I mean, what was what was Bertrand's stat line on the day? Uh, Bertrand's stat line on the day was he had five solo, five tackles, zero solo tackles. Yeah, just a bunch of and then a half. Yeah, a, half, half a, tackle, a for tackle for loss. That's not great. Yeah, that's yeah. not great, so Bob. He, so he was going to get a little physical, and uh, now he's going to be sitting out uh, the first half of. So who starts game? next week? Instead of Bertrand, uh, I mean, just it's going to be Louisville foul, uh, yeah. Bo Bauer, and Jack Kaiser. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's see Vangeli a linebacker. What the fuck? What are we got to lose. <laughs> Why don't we make the whole plan out of Vangeli? <laughs> I mean, the whole plane out of Angelis. He's Look, six we're, three we're, for Christ's sake. We're going to see. We're going to see Steve Angeli, but I just. I'm doubtful that he is he is the panacea for for the offensive problems. I mean, of which look, there are very various. Ohio State, various Ohio State won a national championship with their third string quarter, quarterback. I don't see why we came with ours. Wow! But I think I think Steve Angeli may have come to play school a little bit. I mean, that's a message board genius type level uh, comment right there, Josh. Goddamn right it is. We are a message board genius level type of season, Jude. We <laughs> lost the fucking Marshall who just lost the Bowling Green. I mean, it is fucking chaos right now in my mind. Like, blow it all the fuck up. I don't fucking care what you're doing with with Pine. See, we, we always, get, we always game, get to this if part. Your game plan, if your game plan is to ease him in with a one-yard pass, that is like we are drawing a line in the sand. That line is four yards. Do not throw past this line. Then why are we even playing fucking major college football? What you is the fucking point? You get your point? first win, and you didn't want to put because because what happens if the training wheels fall off of Angeli? 
I don't. No, fine, See, play we, fine. We, three. We always, my, point, we always, my point was like, we always what does it even matter where, if you're not, if you're not even going to use it? There's, there's like, you know, you lose three games and all of a sudden, you know, there's no chance to the playoffs. There's no chance of a good bowl. So let's just start the freshman, blah, blah, blah. You know what? I mean, why the, put mud tires on the truck that, if you're not going to go fucking fly that through the negates, field? That negates what the players are there for, man. Jared Patterson's not there to, to fuck around with Steve Angeli. He's there to win football games. He wants to win. So he ain't there to winning. fuck around with Drew Pine either. Yeah, but if Drew Pine gives you the I best chance to win, then you want he wants does Drew he? Pine. Does he? Does Theoretically, he, he does because they won. Yeah. Talking about the all-time winning as Notre Dame quarterback, our winning percentage, minimum one start. I. This is. Uh, I'm sorry, but this is not going to be the season for me just to go all in on whoever's out in the fucking field. It just isn't. It's not. Just, I, it is. It is. You, I mean, look, you, you're going to see it. You're going to see Angeli in a game. I don't know if it's going to be a game of consequence. It might I, be I, Drew Pine gets hurt, but you're going to see and see Vangeli, and then we're going to have a we're going to have a conversation after that game about this is what you wanted. This is the monkey paw. You asked for Steve Vangeli. You got Steve Vangeli. Now he could become the second I'm, coming I mean, of I, Jimmy Clausen. He could, but I doubt that if that that much talent is sitting on the bench because Drew Pine they fucking, looks they have ordinary. No, they have no talent. Drew Pine looks ordinary. It's just, it is the and Steve Angeli can't beat Drew Pine for that job. So, what does that say about that. Steve Angeli? That's a that's a that's a that's a. What that's are you doing? Are you are you just are you back in the Brian? Ugh, the freshman it. can't play. You don't think Marcus Freeman I'm, wants to win? Well, I'm back in the. Else? No, 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 no. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going off of the fucking tree that Brian Kelly started with Tommy Reese. It doesn't matter what Tommy Reese wants. It, matters it does. Wants. Well, I mean, I would say with the offense that it does matter exceptionally what Tommy Reese wants because Marcus has given him a considerable amount of autonomy. Yeah, right? but Marcus, Marcus is yeah. there to win football games. At the end of the day, it's Marcus who's going to get fired first. So, you know, it's well, up no, to Marcus. No, no, no. It'll be Tommy who gets fired first. No, no, no. Either way, Tommy, Tommy has said he is in charge of the offense. He runs that shit. He's the one who decides. And so you think Tommy Freeman Reese, is going to have to sign off? Okay, so let's Freeman's throw your have logic to sign, there. Sign off. Think Tommy Reese, who might be playing for his job or his future, would literally bench keep a guy on the bench who he knew would have a better chance of helping him win because he's a freshman. No, I don't believe you. Wrong. He's just I don't believe. No, you. he's just why he's no, no, no. You're 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 thinking of the logic in a in a, in a different way. It's not that he thinks that, oh, this guy's better, but I'm going to play him instead. He does think that Pine's better, but he's just fucking wrong. Because uh, my fucking my fucking seven-year-old kid can throw fucking farther, more accurately than Drew Pine. I just did it today. Here's something you are not considering as it's well. Dylan, throw me a two-yard pass. Hit yeah. me every time. Hold up. Here's another component that Pull you're Pull out. Not... Hit me on a two-yard pass. Here's, Hit me here's... every time. Hold up. There's another component you're not considering, and it came up in the press conference, and that is that Tommy Reese has known Drew Pine for the better part of seven years. That's straight out of Drew Pine's mouth. He has known him for seven years, and Tommy Reese was going to let Drew Pine do everything in his power because this is a kid who he's known for a while, and he's like, he's going to let him have a shot, and he's going to let him I have agree. a shot until – I guess if there's another loss, uh, but I, I think next week is going to be an inflection. But do you, you don't think, do you don't think Tommy would start CJ's car next year over Steve Angeli? If he thought car gave us, gave him a better chance to win. 
I absolutely think that uh, CJ Carr would be uh, given every opportunity to start next year. Right. And so it doesn't matter how many years he's known Steve Angeli, if he's recruited Steve Angeli, like he would just go with the guy that gave his, his offense the best chance to run the offense that he wants to run. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to give a, I'm going to give a 2023 preemptive strike right now, just so people understand. Number one, I do believe that CJ Carr is going to reclassify, but number two, he can't fucking early enroll because he's reclassified. He can't, he can't get done with school that quickly. So he's going to be a June enrollee, not really get start practicing in there until the end of July. He's not going to have the, the like most five stars that come in and having that, that, uh, that spring practice to, to get things going. He's not going to have any of that shit. So just FYI to those thinking that when they, when car finally does say, you know, I'm a 2023 kid, don't start counting the fucking starts in 2023 just yet because they will find ways to not move him. I mean, not that they will want to, but they, there will be the built in excuses of just got here learning the playbook. It all be built in. Don't, which I I think a lot of that stuff is legitimate. Having said that it is, no, it is, it is valid. There came a time in which Tyler Buckner was maybe not ready at the beginning of the season, but was definitely ready by, um, you know, the midpoint that they felt that they were going to go to him instead of Drew Pine. Right. So there, if you're, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. If I, you, if, if it's you not a preemptive strike to, to those that think it's a lock, if you, you want to, eschew, I mean? if you want to completely eschew, uh, talking about the cow game and we want to talk about 2023, the starter <laughs> for next year is not on this roster because it will be a transfer. That there you go. I'm just, just going to say that it doesn't even matter because you're going to have to go get a, get yourself a transfer for next year. Without question, and they should have fucking got one this year. They should have. This just if that if if Tyler Buckner was your top guy, I get that. All right, but the, if this is all we get with Drew Pine, and then if Steve Angeli is so much farther down from Drew Pine that he can't beat him out, then you should have got a fucking transfer. And if they were gonna whine and cry about it and don't want to fucking battle for the starting job. Then they can transfer out. It's just I am fucking over that that ex- that excuse but, for that reason. Well, you don't I, want to ruffle the quarterback you, room. They should have got I, one. I think the wide receiver thing is just like the quarterback thing, right? Which is that they didn't they weren't allowing themselves the possibility that somebody would get hurt and and totally screw up what they had going, right? They I weren't think the saying, wide receiver they thing got. They said we have Tyler Buckner, and if Tyler's hurt for a little period of time or can't go or is ineffective, we have Drew Pine and, and we can muddle through with Drew Pine, right? They never thought to themselves, hey, what happens if Tyler Buckner goes down in the second game of the season is lost for the season, right? Like, or what happens point, if our line sucks ass? Right. And so I think the wide receiver thing was the same exact deal, which was like, they're like, ah, we're fine. We've got Joe Wilkins. We've got Avery Davis. We're good. Well, Avery Davis is then lost for the season. Joe Wilkins is, is completely a non-factor because he's clearly still hurt. And so. But, but here's where I'm at. You got, like, you got Matt Salerno. I, we, you know? we were talking about this before the podcast. I don't even give a fuck. They didn't get a wide receiver transfer. I said it. I don't care. I do not fucking care. There are wide receivers on this roster. It doesn't matter. No one's using them. You're not throwing the fucking ball to them. They're who gives a shit. There is no quarterback to get the fucking ball to them. That was the the targets. Give me the targets on Saturday for all the players on the roster. Oh, I know. (laughs) It was light. Well, there was, I I know you're so 
Yeah. So, so your top, your top, top two, two receivers were your running backs. Right. Right. Exactly. So, and it's not is is Michael Mayer got like what two? He had he had until the end. He had four targets up until that you know the end of the game. Right. Look, I I just want to caution you about extrapolating from one game the rest of the season though. Just because it didn't look so hot this this game doesn't mean that the he can't bring the the receivers in as more of a part of the game plan. Now it might not be the twenty yard bomb to Lindsay or whatever that you want, but it could be you know it could be finding Michael Mayer more. Twenty and I love the twenty yard bomb. It's like yeah. it's like like dude, that's what it is. It's just yeah. running wild. <laughs> I mean, I, honestly though, what what is the what's the longest we've ever seen Drew Pine throw a ball? Probably about 35, 40 yards. Yeah, about yeah. 35, 40 yards. Right. But that's right. fine. You can win with that. You can win. You can win. You can you can win with that. Season. You can. Yeah, you can win the rest of your games this season if your quarterback can only throw forty yards. So Styles was targeted five times. Mayer was targeted five times. Lindsey was targeted four times. How many did uh, Jaden Daniels have? Or uh, Jaden Thomas? How many did Jaden Thomas have? Uh, Zero. Yeah. How many did uh, you know? We saw him. He was was around. He was around for a deflected uh, uh, Lindsey pass, but right. How many? How many targets did uh, Tobias Merriweather get? Zero. Yeah, how, how many targets did um, Matt Salerno have? I know he had the one. He had one. No, uh, yeah, one target, one target. So you're not using the wide receivers at all. Anyways, so I mean, yeah, and this is. And don't give me the, the like, they're not good enough to get open. Like, you're not throwing them the ball, so you don't know if they're open, right? Or you're not giving them a chance to be open throw a guy open so, Tobias Merriweather was involved in one passing play once he had five snaps one of which was a passing play like Tobias Merriweather is not seeing the field and so I, I've got to ask the question it's not about Drew Pine not being able to find him it's about him not making the field in the first place right no no I mean <laughs> I mean you got it's about Drew Pine fucking throwing the goddamn football and Wait whether that's Pine or, to, or Tommy, Tobias Merriweather had five total snaps, one of which was a pass play. He clearly isn't part of the offense. You, I don't care if he was out there for every snap. Look at look well, at I where think the he target would have gotten went. a target if he was out there for every snap. All right, so we got a target. He would have had. Okay, <laughs> so we got a target. I mean, I mean Joe Wilkins. That, was, that, was, that wasn't all of a sudden gonna. Joe gonna Wilkins was out there. Open the 13, offense up for us. Thirteen snaps, two of which were passing plays. Like when they the put point, these guys in, they're not passing to them. They're not going to. No, look that's at what them. I'm saying. The point is not the wide receivers. Everyone's bitching about the the transfer portal and the wide receivers. And actually, if if you went back and look at it, there really wasn't a whole lot of fucking wide receivers for Notre Dame to get in the transfer portal, according to their rules of the transfer portal that Jude has laid out multiple fucking times. There was a handful, but there wasn't. It wasn't like this huge fucking mess. And that still wasn't the problem. The problem was. They didn't go after a fucking quarterback, and they should have. Maybe JT Daniels would have been the answer here. Maybe he wouldn't have been. But at least it would have been somebody who's had some fucking balls out there to throw a ball. Yeah, but JT Daniels isn't going to come here because he's not guaranteed to start like he was. True. No, I get that. But there was other quarterbacks in that fucking portal. Hey, you're, you're, you're supposed to be this top uh, recruiting guy, right? Marcus Freeman? 
Yeah, the recruiting staff. So fucking recruit to the transfer guy. Sell it to him. However you guys sell it to him, fucking sell it to him. I just, I don't, I don't know why we're in a world in which Matt Salerno has 29 more snaps than Tobias Merriweather and 21 more snaps than Joe Wilkins Jr. There's no way in hell you can tell me that Matt Salerno is more talented than Tobias Merriweather. So what's the problem? Are are we going to talk about root trees or what? Yeah, I don't, I don't don't know the answer to that. I mean, Merriweather was hurt in camp. It wasn't like it wasn't like he he came all the way went through camp and just blazed the trail to get out there. He had ground to make up on, and now it's just but it becomes more difficult to make up that ground once the season hits, rather than in a camp setting, right? So the guys that made it through camp unscathed for the most part and have some experience were going to be the guys that they were going to lean on, especially in the case where they're at now where things they're trying to find guys that are reliable. They don't know what they have there. And he's just, he's coming off from being unhealthy. So could he have, could Merriweather got more snaps on Saturday? Fucking sure. But that is like on the list of things that they had problems with on Saturday, Tobias Merriweather's fucking snap count is nowhere near the top 10 of my list. No, no, I will say, um, Charlie Jones catching 32 balls for 474 yards and five would have been nice this year. Would have been fucking and nice. Would have been nice. <laughs> would have been real fucking nice. Yeah, he went for what 188 against uh, Cuse in a losing effort. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Hey, you know who else got a, a couple of catches? Five catches for 45 yards. T.J. Sheffield. Remember that name? Yep. Yeah, he's he's having a he had a good uh, he's had a good season so far as it is. Like they're they're getting they're finding him the ball too. I mean, their quarterback is better. Somehow Notre Dame is stuck. They have Drew Pine as their starting quarterback. This is right. this is this is the situation that we got ourselves into with the way that they've re- recruited quarterbacks over the years and the way that it's been managed. That's it. This is the right. situation we're in. Well, so and, and there's some talk on other podcasts about, oh, this isn't Marcus Freeman's fault. And I get that he didn't recruit offensive players. Could have got a transfer. He, he didn't realize that he was going to take over. Yes, but he could have gotten a transfer. And two, his offensive coordinator is definitely culpable. Yes. And uh, yeah. to be fair to Marcus, Freeman, uh, the offensive coordinator was hired before Marcus Freeman was hired. They had an offensive coordinator right. hired before Marcus Freeman even took this job. Right. Right. So um, I will say this, though, uh, in relation to the Cal game, the we we touched on it briefly, but I think that there were serious strides made on the offensive line and it panned out with the running game, uh, their ability to get push. It panned out in other than the the one Olay. um, They kept a pretty clean pocket. So moving forward and going out, um, you know, I think that that's something that Notre Dame can look to as being potentially they can hopefully be this team that's able to rely on their running game and their offensive line, which is what Marcus wants. That's what he keeps saying right. is that this is a team. Notre Dame is about well, defensive line and the offensive is line. It is, is it what he wants or is it what he's 
is it what he wants or is it what he's come to recognize is what they're gonna have to do? Well, that's which what he is said a di- big camp. difference. I mean, they. I mean, it's the the narrative for that. I'm, that's that's kind of why they got themselves into such trouble with Marshall, is they didn't know that <laughs> they couldn't rely on their offensive line, and they couldn't, and it it bit them against Marshall, um, and they relied on them against Cal, and it it didn't bite them. It worked out pretty well, I guess. They picked up a dub, but you know, moving forward, you can. If the offensive line continues to progress like this, you should be able to win games. You have talent. You have talented running backs. You have talented players. And, you know, for all of the foibles that that we saw from Jupine, he did get better as the day went on. And, you know, he's got this week to really figure it out because, you know, come BYU, you're, you're going to have to be able to push the ball downfield. You're not going to be able to get into a phone booth with teams that are more defensively inclined because it, it, that's just not something that you're going to be able to do. You you need to have him be able to to throw the football. And I don't know. I'm not. I don't. I don't know. That's the thing. Is we well, I'm not game. Honestly, we don't know that he can throw the football down the field because he wasn't asked to do so and he did do so. Or maybe he was asked to do so. He just didn't. But either way, he didn't push the ball down the field by design or by his own, um, you know, checking out of plays. It doesn't sound like he he really does that. But um, I, I don't know. Now there's don't know. there's one there's one stat that kind of uh, in comparison between like like the Ohio State game, which is a Tyler Buckner game, and the Cal game, which is Drew Pine, the average yards, the average uh, yards per per completion against Ohio State, I believe, was like around 17, 17 and a half yards per completion. Yeah, there were two two very long plays that and, certainly pushed right. that out. Well, they had like, they had five five decent uh, chunk yeah. plays on Pat, yeah. and against Cal, uh, that number Bauman, was eight point eight. Bauman, Salerno, and um, so. You de- you half your half of what you were against Ohio State. Granted, I understand the couple big pass plays against Ohio State, but hey, that's the fucking game, right? So, I but it still shows like how much how much more you're dead on, Brendan, with like how much more we're gonna have to rely on the run game, and that's a problem when you were looking at the line the previous two games, much better against Cal. Still have some work to do. They did. I thought the push. I thought they had some great push there. But yep. there was a couple of, a couple of times Tyree could have bounced out or, or, uh, and estimate. I thought there was definitely a time. Um, he he just needed a spurt. Like he needed a fucking scoot, uh, and he could have got up to that second level. Um, but I mean, so if that's it, that's it. But if your line, you know, if your line's ready, is going to start coming into play. All right, now we can now they can move some things around that. But at some point, and I kept saying it against Cal, and you know, if thank God it didn't bite us in the ass in the end, but at some point you're gonna have to stretch the field somewhat. Because whether it's Clemson or not, anybody can can start mucking it up in the middle of that in that 15 yard area. They're not worried about anything going over the top. Forget your Michael Mayer catches. I mean, he's gonna well, get he's gonna he's gonna catch that three yard out and get popped. And that's it. You're just going to kill the guy. 
They do. They do. I mean, even though it is within that 15 yards, they are utilizing the entirety of that 15 yards. It's not like everything is up the middle. Pine right. is. But that's what I was saying about finding Pine's tendencies. I mean, he's throwing out to the field every time that he has the field to his right. Um, is that going to work uh, against BYU? It'll probably work against Gene Chiswick because everything seemingly works against um, you know, North Carolina's defense. But once, once you start getting against defensive coordinators that, that look at him once he's got this tape and they see that and they're going to want to start taking that away, then Pine's going to have to do something different. And he didn't do anything different. Everything, it, it just seemed like they were running the same plays um, with varying levels of success with them. All right. I'm going to move over to the side, uh, the other side of the ball here for a minute. Um, the defense, it was a weird day. Like, look, they had six sacks, eight tackles for loss, six quarterback hurries. Didn't allow, uh, you know, kept, kept Cal under 300 yards total offense, but it was just like the slipaways. Like it was their, it was Cal's best offensive play was for him to miss being sacked and plumber <laughs> take off running. It was just like. I think it's just start calling that in the huddle. Like, Hey, just let him get in here. I'm going to slip under. Uh, and then I'm going to go run for 12 yards or, or I'm going to throw incomplete passes that the officials decide to deem were complete. And what's nuts is plumber only had 34 fucking yards rushing at the, by the end of the game. Now he got, like I said, he got sacked six times. So cut that back. Um, I don't know. sure what his uh, sack adjusted, uh, rushing total was, but, now, Rim's defense started to look more like the defense that we had hoped it would be. I thought DJ Brown ha- played a really good game at safety, uh, very physical um, game at safety. Um, Jacob Lacey stepping up with the two sacks. Uh, Foskey coming alive a little bit. You know, he had two TFLs at one and a half sacks, uh, along with Adam Yola. Kind of a couple guys that we had called out on. But there were some, dis- there were some disappearing moments. Uh, there was definitely, like... Foskey should have had two more sacks. Like yeah. should have flat. I had it. Uh, Clarence, Clarence Lewis, Lewis coming, off, had a sack. Come, coming off the edge, the prodigy, uh, just totally whiffing on that one. Um, he didn't even get grant, get uh, a quarterback hurry. Uh, stat on that one. By the <laughs> way, if bad. you, if you get sack, adju- sack adjusted rushing 81 yards. Wow. Yeah. 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 47 yards in sack and then plus the 34 in uh, actual rushing yards. So 81 in sack adjusted. Wow. So he almost doubled, he almost doubled up his, their, their top rusher, which was Brooks who, yeah. who was effective in his five fucking carries getting 43 yards. Uh, Ott was, who was their number one back was just stunned all day long. They, yeah, they shut him down. Yeah. They, nothing was happening there. So much, I mean, I've, much more of what we come to what we were expecting from Notre Dame's defense is what we saw Saturday. Yeah. Uh, other than um, like, I was really like the coverage was good. Uh, I mean, check Plummer was beyond a Jack. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Total Jack. Cause, Cause if you remove the two catches that, that he got right. One went for 33 and then I think one went for 18. Um, if you remove that, he's not even cracking, you know, 
150 yards. I mean, he's not even cracking 120 yards, just about. I mean, it, it was. He's a Drew. He's a Drew Pine level of of yardage. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Drew Pine ended up with 150. Uh, I don't think Palmer would have got there. No, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, I feel uh, like we're I feel like we're looking at the same three guys every week, right? Howard Cross, Tariq Bracy, Isaiah Foskey, like J- those Jacob guys Lacey. are having consist- consistently good games. Um, yeah, the Adam Malola twins it. had a good game this this week. Yeah. I I just am incredibly bummed about Cam Hart. I just I don't know what where this regression has come from, but he looks exposed in a way that I, I, maybe Kyle Hamilton helps. You know, he had, he had the best year, but he did have the best uh, pass breakup of the fucking day though. Yeah, it was go. It was fucking gorgeous. Uh, and so he, he hasn't lost at all. It's just, I, I, I don't know for cam. It's just, it feels like whatever, whatever's been lacking, he could put it back together. It's still, he still has the physical, tools to do it because there was, there was moments Saturday where he looked really good. And, and that pass breakup that he had was, was gorgeous. You know, um, it's very reminiscent of the regression that both Tariq Bracey and Clarence Lewis had after their good seasons. Mm-hmm. You got, got yep. You know, Bracey, I was just hoping to get Cam Hart paid this year, you know, and it just doesn't yeah. look like it. Through well, three it games like so we'll, far. we'll probably see Cam Hart again next year, which is fine with me. Like look, like, look. If we're gonna go to the Cheez It Bowl, uh, let's bring everybody back that we can <laughs> and have a veteran team. <laughs> be be as old as we can be. Uh, Which Cheez It Bowl was uh, was in attendance, and that Cheez It Bowl guy was about as coked out as I've ever seen somebody. He was he was out he of was, he was. There's no way he, he wasn't. There's was no way that he wasn't. Sweaty mo- mess, and he was just bouncing on the sidelines or on the uh, the end line. everywhere. He was just, I mean, he couldn't stand still. He could not. He could not, dude. That, I mean, that first thing I thought of two seconds of just watching his movement, like that guy is coked out of his mind. Uh, The life of a bull rep. I can't believe those guys are still a thing. Like, who needs, I can't either. Who needs to understand what the Cheez It Bowl offers you? I just, Cheez It? We were talking, we were talking about that. She's the bull rep. Yeah, we were talking about the that. press conference right across from me and Josh on the other side. There's like, what work. is it that you do here? Like, it is, it is office. Yeah. Control. Like, tell me what it is. I deal with the shitty teams, so the ESPN doesn't have to. Oh, uh, well, my secretary does that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it doesn't matter what the reps, what it's fucking is damn near what it's going to be as it is. It's all contracted out. Like, so what do you do here with your black, with your <laughs> man? It is just, it was something else. Um, <laughs> I, um, the other thing I have to wonder too, um, is like they, they've spoken about just the, the depth of the linebackers, but like, where are the young linebackers? Like we see a lot of Bertrand, we see a lot of, um, you know, 
obviously Bauer, and we see a lot of Leofau, and Leofau's left a lot to be desired, if we're being honest as well. Um, but like, where's it hasn't Prince been the Ka- where's yeah. Prince Kali? Where's Sneed? Like, where are these guys? Uh, the word is that Sneed's not really near seeing the field. Uh, Kali's a di- uh, different story. How about Junior? Junior's played. He's he played. Got four, yeah. Four snaps <laughs> in one he's game. He's played. At least he's on the. He's been on the field. I mean, if we're be, if we're being honest, Prince Kali have. Prince Kali has not been on for a defensive snap. He's not been on mm-hmm. special teams. I can't say. So I, I don't. But know I mean, if we're, if we're being honest, though, I mean, there's four veteran linebackers for three spots that they've rotated through and Lua Kaiser Bertrand and, um, and Bauer. And that's just kind of what they're rolling with. I mean, look, Bo Bauer had one tackle on Saturday. One. Yeah. Jack Kaiser had two. Now granted they're none solo between them. Yeah. Leofoud also didn't have a solo tackle. So three of your linebackers and Leofau, Kaiser and Bauer combined for five gang tackles. I I mean, Bauer only played 10 snaps. So you were looking at, you were looking at Leofau, Bertrand and Kaiser all day. Yeah. Yeah. With I mean, the, pl- playing for the four snaps and two, two of those linebackers. And so the two that so, combined for four. Well, what's what uh, what's kind of ske- what's kind of skewed in this is I mean, j- just go back and look at Cal's offensive numbers there. But what they did, if they ran the ball, the defensive linemen were dragging the fucker down pretty quickly. That's true. <clears throat> and uh, otherwise, they're throwing the ball and you're not going to get and, you know, you're not going to get a whole lot of linebacker tackles out of that either. Sure. So but the. It does, it does skew it a little bit. And then that, that's not to cut those guys too much slack. Um, but I mean, it, it does tell a little bit of the tale. Like they weren't part, I mean, they weren't a major part of what this defense was doing. DJ Brown and Howard Cross were your two leading tacklers, seven apiece. That tells the tale. Your, your second, you know, your second level and your guy up, guy up on the line. That tells the tale of their stuff in the line or the the running game of the line. And they were tackling downfield on the pass. I mean, it's just, that's just what happened. So I'm not going to run them through the muck too much just, just yet, but it wasn't, it hasn't been very encouraging. That game was not very encouraging on a linebacker level. And to question where like, where guys like Kali and Snead are, who are guys with speed and who are dynamic. You can do that. You can say, why can't why can't there be more of a role here for them? Maybe maybe they will find one. Maybe there just isn't one. Like like I said, I I see that Snead may not be close to seeing the field just yet. Maybe there's reasons for that. I mean, you got to know what the fuck you're doing before you get out in the field and do anything. The Saint the Saint High School, where you can just be like, go out there and destroy things. Uh, so that's a coaching that, but that also goes on the coaches. Like then you got to get them ready. You know, whether you got to trim shit back or do something, yes, get your best 11 players out there. But who are your best 11? Like truly your best 11. And have you done truly your best job of 
making sure that the best 11 are out there on each snap. So, because, you know, I, I think to Cal's second possession of the third quarter where they went on a 10 play 75 yard drive. And that's been something that's kind of snipped Notre Dame against. That's ultimately what killed Notre Dame against Marshall is it was a and Ohio state and Ohio state. It was a, it was a long drive and they didn't have anybody that made a stop on that, that long drive. So, um, and I think, wasn't that drive, uh, extended out in part because of a penalty too. Like the only reason Cal was able to, they, they stopped him, but Cal was able to get a, um, and, uh, yeah, DJ Brown, uh, got popped for an unnecessary roughness in 15 yards, which kind of, yes, that drive. Yeah. Outward. Yeah. Hey, let's, let's talk about the officials for a minute. And the fact that, Ugh. and the fact that they got off the field in probably world record time, that might've been one of the worst officiated games, like under the radar that I've ever seen. It was so bad and it was so bad for both teams that it was just like, how do these guys even collect a paycheck? Like the offside, the offsides against Cal. I know it's been talked about a lot. Hey, you're right. Yep. Probably should not have been called offsides on that, on the uh, missed Notre Dame uh, field goal that pushed that, that kept Show that drive me where alive. He wasn't offsides. So show me where number 50 was not offsides. Cause you can't do it. Cause there's no number 50 on the team. Well, let's not talk about that. Yes. Just, you just, you just need to show me where number fifty. Just show us. Five. Just show us. Uh, the the multiple pass interferences where the ball was thrown eighty yards away. Wild uh, overhead. Yeah. Are they not calling? Is, is that are they not calling that in college anymore? I feel like we've seen a lot of that. They. I think they just. They just. They. Nope. Because he was interfered with, he could have made that twenty yards in in uh, in under a second and a half for sure. We're gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, there were some non-grounding calls that were questionable to me. Very non-questionable, um, yeah. And then Cal's first touchdown um, came off of uh, right after a play where, I mean. Were they not going to look at that every play? I was staring at the fucking jumbotron, trying to figure out if that was a catch or not. As Cal scored, I didn't even see the touchdown. Marcus Marcus was a full five to ten yards onto the field when that touchdown when that touchdown occurred. Like Marcus was standing on the numbers on the field, trying to get a timeout. I don't know, trying to ask what's going on here, and they just it was let it, it go. Was wild. Just let it go. Just, yeah. Just let it, they're just like, no, nope, we're just going to let this happen, man. And so that that was pretty – that was messed up. That was absolutely messed up. So, yeah, it was the – and we we were blowing the – you know, Brennan and I were both kind of snickering about how many sacks we missed. But even after we missed the sack, the trailer is getting fucking held and tackled and <laughs> – takedown style and no flags for holding. That's like, if he, if plumber could get, just miss that first, uh, sack attempt, they didn't care what the offensive lineman did. It was almost like it was, it was almost was like a, a weird tip ball. It was like, yeah, like, it was exactly. like if a tip ball happens. You can do whatever you want to the receiver. <laughs> if the, if you don't get the sack, it's like, well, now it's fair game. You can hold all day. Yeah, you do whatever you want. <laughs> 
It was wild, man. It, it, there's no way that you can say that it didn't affect the game because there was most of the key plays from this game revolved around what happened with the fucking refs and the decisions that that they made. It was, it was well, absolutely. So, so just looking at the, the first touchdown that they had, right. Where, um, Jack hits, uh, uh, Devon for what? 15 yards that he did not catch. He did not catch that play. And Marcus was on the field. So that was a third and 10 game play. That should have been a field goal. Um, and they, they didn't go to the replay and they were just like, yeah, whatever. Um, which would have been a huge win for Notre Dame because that came right after that was two plays that, or that came right after the Drew Pines fumble. Yeah. So holding them to a field goal after a huge mistake like that would have been, would have been huge at the moment. That touchdown felt like, I'm going to, I'm going to say it, man. It felt like a backbreaker, like Pine fumbles that. And you know, I know I realize it's early in the second quarter, but he fumbles that ball away. And four plays later, they're dancing in the end zone on a uh, after what was kind of a weird sequence of events. It felt like a fucking backbreaker at the time, and because we have nothing to go on, and that said that Notre Dame <laughs> can come back from a touchdown deficit in three quarters. Well, and, and this is the point I wanted to make with you guys, which is, you know, like as much as I've defended Drew Pine, I, I have no sense, I have no confidence this team can come back from two scores down. I, I would say fourteen points or more that. It, it's like it's almost like I don't want to say give up. No, nobody should give up, especially with the defense being able to potentially um, force a turnover and get a short field. But this team is just not built to come back. And so 10-7. No, you need a Vontez Duff interception return. For yeah, touchdown. 10-7 felt like Dude. a mountain at halftime. <laughs> uh, I could feel that coming off of Twitter. And it's, it's so fucking crazy. We're talking 10-7. Like this – that's that might as well be tied in most in most worlds, you know, but because not I, ours. I think we we started getting we started getting in our heads collectively about what Owen three would mean for the, not only the season, but for Marcus Freeman's future, for the future of the program, right. for 2023 recruiting. Like it just it, this is, you know, I think we talked about it before the game, how important this game was now based on based on the fact yeah. that they lost to Marcus. Oh. And how this was sort of going to set the tone for the rest of the season. And if you couldn't win this game, then you started looking at the schedule. And I, I think I texted you guys at halftime and said, I think we're at the point now where we, we should start saying, show me show me the win on the schedule. And Josh said, I think we're already right. there. Um, yeah. But it, like, you know, the beginning of the season, it, it, some of it's a bit and some of it's serious. But, you know, we were looking at the this, this schedule and saying, show me where the loss is. Right. And so now we're looking at the schedule in a whole different point of view, which is like eh, North Carolina is not, not good, but we're not good. We're not good. Like, we are not good. And we're going to lose no, games but, that we had no business losing or that we thought that we would be built to not lose um, because Brian Kelly taught us not to lose these games. We'll talk about the North Carolina preview, but I mean, fuck North Carolina. I mean, honestly, <laughs> fuck them and their, and the bullshit. Bullshit. I just, I can't believe Notre Dame. Notre, Notre, Notre Dame was supposed to lose them the last three times they played them, and they just keep wiping their ass with them. Notre Dame it's started just, off as a two point favorite, and I'm just wondering where they actually think. No, they started off as a two and a, two and a half point dog. Now they're a mm. one point favorite. I thought it was a okay. two point. Yeah. I thought it was a two point favorite. I'm pretty oh, sure I saw that it opened as a two point favorite. So They opened up as a pick 'em, and so the line opened as a pick 'em. 
And then I saw last no, 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 no. Notre Dame was a uh, two point. It it went two and a, it went two and a half to pick them to one point. I've been I've been staying on top of it since about about ten this morning, and finally posted the uh, the odds sometime around dinner time. Unless I'm just fucking well, just buzzing. Well, on the because it was two and a half. So I'm gonna I, don't, come I, don't think I think I was listening to yeah. the I think I was listening to Shamrock podcast, which was recording yesterday, and they said, unless they misspoke, they said North Carolina started as a um, or Nerdy started as a two point favorite. So well, they might have misspoke. Well, they're, they're using a different. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine it'd be that off. We, though. we would yeah. we would only follow DraftKings here at uh, Speed yes. Nation, but and that's what I'm saying. The, the first the first set the, the first spread that I saw today was just the spread. They didn't have the money line out. They didn't have the over under or nothing. And that was at two, that was at two and a half and North Carolina is a favorite that moved to a pick em, which then moved to one point when I published the story. Now it's back to a fucking pick em. Yeah. So, which is just means the money's moving around a little bit, but North Carolina, what I saw today the first line that came out from DraftKings for it, North Carolina was a two and a half point favorite. But yeah, I just, waited for the money line and the over under to come around, which is like I, 16 I get, and a half, by the way, the over under. Joshua, I, I absolutely get what you're saying about the fact that North Carolina, there's probably no more team in the last two, three years has gotten more credit for nothing than North Carolina. Yeah. But, um, I'm, just, I'm not going to see gonna, what this line is when we start picking these games because I, well, I I'm going to need points for Notre, to pick Notre Dame. I, I just I let me can't, give you a, I can't let, let me give you a Sunday night. Let me give you a Sunday night uh, uh, preemptive strike for the week. I am not going to fucking cower to fucking North Carolina this week. I don't give a fuck how bad we have looked. Fuck North Carolina. I am going to talk as much shit as possible the rest of the fucking week because fuck them motherfuckers. Sick and tired of that shit. Well, you know, yeah, there and tell me back, fuck back Brown. I might just pick North Carolina just to protect our bankroll because uh, <laughs> picking Notre Dame to cover spreads has not not treated us too kindly in the first. Uh, hey, I, I almost did that this week. <laughs> with, with, I almost did that this week. I almost took Cal in the points, knowing sure. that this this was going to be. I mean, that's just it seemed high, right? Like twelve and a half was hot was crazy high and 11 still seemed high but anyways yeah but we were all we were all looking at it and going ah you know if it's like 27 10 like that's a, you know that's a, well, that's what we could have seen happen we, we were half we were a half inch away from covering right with Tariq Bray I mean you know half inch of of ground to give there we should have blamed uh should blame the turf on that one their chipster uh, for being for being so high that it hit the knee uh, instead of the fumble with a bracey to cover, but anyways, um, yeah, it, yeah. So we'll, we'll put that on the pod. Interesting stuff about Notre Dame's new turf. Uh, Brennan and I, when we were down to the field, uh, ran into our friend uh, Andy Stadium dude Chipster, and the first thing I noticed the first time I had been on Notre Dame's new turf uh, this year. It felt slick as fuck. Like it, like I was worried about pulling my groin 
uh, it was that slick. And so the first thing I thought of three steps in was Audric Estime on that, uh, uh, where he just, you know, basically fell on his on his face, you know, right on that pass play. Um, looked like he could have, you know, made it in the end zone and said something to him. And they just said that this turf will not settle. Like it just keeps rising up, gets bubbles. They bring the band in, uh, have them march all over it. Uh, it won't drain. Um, and that's not like it won't ever. It's just like, this is what happens with these new fields. It's going to take, it's going to take a while. Uh, so if you're seeing some turf monster out there, guys slip it, slipping and sliding a little bit more than normal. They end up having to use basically like a fucking Pam cooking spray uh, on the turf to like to help with something else. And it feels slick. So for a little while, you might see some some sliding uh, going around there. He's I thought he said something about uh, Marshall kind of complained, <laughs> complained about it. Uh, but Marshall has nothing to complain about walking home with a win. Uh, but just a little bit of information that we that we picked up there uh, about the turf. Little, little slick. Brenda, what was your most enjoyable part of this game? Uh, whew, if I have to, to, to say the most enjoyable part of the game, it was, I mean, honestly, for me, it's when we were back there in Notre Dame. At the time, we thought it was game over. Uh, but when they pinned um, Cal deep and then got the sack that they put Plummer out at the one, uh, that was pretty electric. Crowd was real hype for that. I mean, we were right down in in there for it. We heard the the fans scream at Jack Plummer, uh, "Go back to the <laughs> uh, Which he heard. That's such there's, a just a fun insult. There's no chance that he did not hear that because it was clear as day, <laughs> and I was ten feet from Jack Plummer when it was on. <laughs> yeah, I thought. First of all, I do want to give credit to the crowd. Now there was moments where they were about to turn for sure. And there was the boo birds coming out of halftime, yeah. but I'll give them credit. They were loud. They got into it. They stayed with the team the, the entire way. They, there was an energy there that uh, we've seen in the past in games like this, that just would not exist. So I'll give them credit for that. Also give, give people credit for showing up in green. There's always that worry that, that they're, it's, the greenout's not going to look as good. In person, it looked very green uh, throughout the stadium, so they did a great job on that. Um, Cal fans showed out pretty well, too. Cal fans wow. They were out louder great. than I thought that they would be. It wasn't, it wasn't they a were situation like it was uh, since they were booing injuries. When Adam Iola went down with an injury, they were booing him. Like, <laughs> yeah, they were feisty. Booing him. They were feisty. I respect that. I respect that. Yeah. I didn't expect that from Cal fans. No, just, I did not. I, I'm too used to Stanford. Joshua, also, did you uh, did you see the uh, former ND sports blogger Christiane Harder came back and uh, had was all done up in her cal attire? Oh no, I didn't see. We didn't see anybody. Like we did. W- Pole three was shut down. Oh so no, we, did, no, we, saw, we didn't. We, go- we 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 had a, we had a, I had a lot. I had a, we had a lot of conversation with Ashton. Uh, a lot yeah, we of saw Ashton. Yeah. Congrats on the new um, job, by the way. That's a sweet. sweet but I mean, yeah. we were we we weren't out and about with the people like 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 normally are. So didn't uh, didn't run into anybody that uh, that we know. Didn't didn't really tailgate. Uh, we 
we got up there and it, I mean, it was a funeral setting. I mean, we were, we were prepared for a funeral and went home, uh, with a party. Yep. I, uh, I commiserated with, uh, Tim O'Malley at halftime, uh, after some, uh, some uncomfortableness, <laughs> but, uh, we, we chatted up about, um, uh, Lavecchio and, uh, maybe some comparisons there. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, I can't, I can't, I can't argue too much with uh, the overall experience. It was, it was a good experience. The Cal's mascot's absolutely insane. I don't know if they showed the, ma- the mascot on television, but I've never. Seen we need it. more. The the bit that the Cal mascot he doesn't cheer at all. So Josh and I actually missed watching plays because we were so enamored with uh, with watching the <laughs> mascot. He just he puts his head down, arms behind his back at all time. And he just shuffles like an old man, <laughs> like deciding what he it's wants to do country buffet. It is mesmerizing. <laughs> he doesn't do anything else. He just puts his arms behind his, like, you know, the Notre Dame mascot will get there with the cheerleaders and, and do cheering. And you'll see Sparty and he's punching and doing that. And uh, Brutus will hit his head a bunch of Not times. Oski. And no. Not no, Oski, man. Oski just shuffles it's- around like an old man. And it is the weirdest like uninspiring yet mesmerizing thing I've ever seen. Brennan's not lying, dude. We were we probably missed three, four fucking plays. Yeah. Cause we were just tripping out so hard about what the hell this mascot is doing. And it was like he didn't stop. I'm just hands behind that back. I'm convinced around. that like nobody knows what Lee Corso does after college game day yells cut and they go to the games. It, like, I assume he just takes a nap. I assume that he shows up to the Cal sidelines and shuffles around. Like an <laughs> oh, <man>. wow. <laughs> that's uh, I think that's accurate. I mean, what, how, what do you think the flight from Boone, North Carolina to uh, South Bend, Indiana looks like? I mean, he gets paid enough. They figure it out. Uh, yeah, that was, man, that was pretty fun, man. I would have, Wish we would have seen Oski on the on the. I would like to got a picture with him, because <laughs> that would have, that would have sealed the deal. Um, man, what else were you gonna say? I mean, Freeman looked absolutely one billion percent relieved in the press conference. I mean, you could like you could feel the. By the way, how funny is it that they, that he converted to Catholicism more than a month ago and they they dropped it this week? Like that's just. That's that's peak Notre Dame, right? Yeah. Well, Notre Dame didn't drop it. The diocese did, or whatever. I dropped it. What do you mean? Well, I mean you the diocese had it. Diocese, diocese had it in their in their uh, their newsletter. My family goes to that church. Okay. So that's that's Saint Pius. That's been out there for a while, and I didn't realize that that news would be as big as it was. Uh, but it did. Uh, and I'm hoping the Pope enjoyed, uh, enjoyed it. So you're, you're saying you're responsible for pointing out that Marcus Freeman converted Catholicism. Yeah, I guess I will. I mean, I, I'm not going to say I broke anything because I mean, people knew and that news is out there, but I mean, when I put it out there, it went to a bunch of people. Well, it's funny because, you know, our Twitter Sam- account. Samson was saying on the, the Shamrock that, that he's known, but that the, the uh, university asked him to keep it like mum because like 
Friedman didn't want to draw attention to it. Yeah, well, then he should have told St. Pius not to put it in the newsletter. I was going to say, like, that's crazy. I mean, I mean, I understand that, and that makes perfect sense. Uh, and it's probably, like, I got hit up with people like, where, else, where what are your sources? No one else is reporting this. I'm like, I'm not going to respond to that, because there's the fucking St. Pius's. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> what, what else do I got to say? Here it is, man. Oh, dude, um, the Catholic News, uh, news truth, Agency was uh, uses your tweet uh, for their, for their yeah. write-up. That's crazy. Yeah, they did. That's what I'm saying. The Pope saw that. At least I'm going to pretend it was the Pope. At least I, that's what I told my wife anyways. <laughs> so, no, I, I don't think I broke anything. That was news a lot of people already knew. Right. But I definitely made it more – I put it out in the spotlight. Like, sure, man. And then people were, you know, kind of blowing shit about him not doing it at Easter Vigil. And I'm like, hey, I did the same thing. I did, I did mine in two months. Uh, and, and, uh, got through all that in October, uh, which is also kind of an inside joke. Cause I was Lutheran reformation month. So anyways, um, the other thing is I, I really, I really did. I mean, I didn't listen to the whole thing. I don't think it was a long speech, but I didn't listen to the whole thing. Like Manti Teo saying every it's, you know, it's easy to join in a bandwagon when things are going right. I want to know who's going to jump off the bandwagon and start pushing when things are going wrong. Like, that's great. That's that's a good that's a good comment right there. Having said that, like they were weird about how much like adoration and and focus they put on Manti Teo. Like, was this all? Was this planned before the season, or was this a, a, an outgrowth of sort of the Manti Teo image rehabilitation tour that's that's sort of been ongoing since the uh, um, the uh, Netflix yeah. documentary. I think both. Like, do you think Manti was like, I'm going to come back for the Cal game? Or do you think they were like, hey, Manti, you know, it'd be great. Are you guys just too busy talking about bears, Cal bear mascots? No, to I, answer my no, no, no. I, I, Jude, I said, well, I, I mean, think it's listen, both. I think it's both. Jude, let me do I'll answer it this way. And, pl- and please know this is a joke. We didn't leave our seats to go to go listen to him at the press conference. If that tells you the interest level I had in it all, but yeah, you were absolutely right. Notre Dame. I, I, mean, I don't know. I think just like, I think Notre Dame stepped, stepped up to the plate. That can't possibly be true, right? Is there was a fourth time? What? Fourth or fifth time? Okay. He was, yeah, he, he was there for um, he's been there for night games before. I was going to say he, he must have been there for 2018 Michigan or something. He was there. For, he was there in 18 Michigan. I got the pictures USC of him and Jalen Smith. Like yeah. 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 No, he was there. Um, I will say this. I think Notre Dame able to step up to the plate with Manti kind of like in a support with the documentary coming out just to like Put in concrete how much they stood by him. If you didn't already know, it, it should have already been. I mean, they they put all the chips in in we stand by a tail basket back in 2012, 2013. But I mean, just just one more level of support, kind of almost like a thank you to him. Because I mean, how much how much do we owe Manti for for that season? Everything. Think just yeah. go think back to the 2012 year. 
that 2012 season, how incredibly – it's still probably my favorite season post-1993. Like, hands down. It was the most – I mean, it was crazy, but it was an incredible – it was just – it was incredible. The whole run-up. I mean, middle of – in December of 2012 or 2012, I mean, I thought we just set the world on fire. I thought this is the greatest fucking feeling of all time. Uh, so, Ed Teow deserves a lot of credit for that. So, I don't know. Good good for Notre Dame. Good for Manti for coming back. He's fucking huge. I mean, my God. The, the arms on that man. Holy shit. Well. Is that the answer you're looking for? I just I I uh, I add my voice to the chorus of people saying, if you had Marcus Freeman con- converting to Catholicism, Manti Teo on some sort of like continued image rehabilitation slash love tour, um, and you had lost the game against Cal to start zero and three, it's just like <laughs> green jerseys, uh, th- green jerseys and names in the back. Yeah, like it's just like. I don't know what more you could have possibly like, how could you possibly up the ante from here? Like it just, they really did feel like they were pulling out all the stops. I mean, we were, I, I mean, we didn't do a, we didn't do Digger Phelps at the, uh, at the pep rally. Did we? I mean, no, but <laughs> no, we, we had Dick, Duke, we, Dick Vitale was there. We had Dick Vitale. Uh, yeah. He got his, uh, honorary Notre Dame degree. I mean, that's to me, that's a little bit. Yeah. I, I get like, okay, they did something for Dick Vitale, which is great. But like, Dick Vitale, I ran into every single week when I was an undergrad. Like that's that's obviously a little bit of hyperbole, but I saw him a ton. Like Dick Vitale is no stranger to Notre Dame's campus, you know. Well, which is probably why he got his honorary degree. <laughs> was it an honorary has, degree? Or was he it has become such a fixture on the on campus. Yeah, they give him an honorary monogram, not a degree, right? Yeah, honorary monogram. Yeah. Yeah, that's the difference. There's a difference there. Oh, yeah. Well. Sort of. I mean, they're both fake, but I mean, yeah, you can, you can, they're both worth about the same. My biggest question actually has not been answered. And I, cause I'm afraid of the answer. Why are the flags at half mast around the country? Yeah, they had it half. Why was it flying half mast inside Notre Dame stadium? You know, the answer and I hate it as much as you do. Jude. You work in a government spectrum. I'm going to show my ass and say, I don't know. Uh, I would, I would assume it's for the, uh, the death. Don't say it. God damn it. For the fucking queen's death. Are you serious? Yeah. That's someone guess. else has got to explain to me why then. Cause I keep seeing flags flying half mass. They had the, for, they, I, for the national anthem oh, on Saturday. Shit, you're right. Yeah. The national anthem on Saturday. It was, uh, are we really are, are we really doing this? We fought two wars it, to get away from until, that fucking crowd until tomorrow. Wow, the eighth through the nineteenth. Wow, for what? And I love the fact that they 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 had it full, and then they're singing the national anthem, a song uh, written while we were at war with this country. <laughs> and they forward <laughs> to have that for a for a university that. Uh, that identifies with the Irish people as much as anyone. You think the Irish are pretty excited about flying flags half mass for the queen? No. The uh, just national go check. 
the national anthem wasn't written until 1814. I gotta, yeah, I'm but gonna... it was written for the War of 1812, which was a war against the British. <laughs> okay. The Francis Scott Key Key. Yeah, so... <laughs> Anyways, it bothers me. Yeah, that's weird. I didn't want... I didn't want that to be the answer. Which which makes me makes me like, would they do it for any person that they would consider an ally? Like if the German prime minister died, would they would we get eleven days of half mass? Because we've never fought any wars against Germany, have we? <laughs> <laughs> but I think we're in good terms with Germany right now. I'm I'm just saying, right? Uh, who is it? Merkel? Is she still I the PM? Say, is Merkel still? <laughs> is it still Merkel? Are we gonna fly? Oh out? gosh, I was not prepared for this. Are we gonna no, do it when Justin not if uh, Justin Trudeau like had a cliff diving accident? It's uh, it's Olaf Schultz. Olaf it's Schultz. But only oh, since right. December yeah, think it was December twenty twenty one. So we haven't yeah. we didn't we haven't lost we haven't we're not that far behind, I guess. Not too far behind. Uh, I gotta catch up on my German politics. So uh, good old Olaf is uh, not probably of the dying age. He was born in nineteen fifty eight, which means he's ten years younger than my dad, so he's in his sixties. Um but if Olaf were oh, he's to, my he's my dad's age. He's my dad's if he age. Was, if he was to encounter a, a sudden Ill, sudden death, would we uh, would we drop the flags half staff for for eleven days? I wonder. Did we drop the half for? I mean, Shinzo, the question here's my question: Did we drop them for Shinzo Abe, who is about as close to being you know an American uh, ally as any political leader over the last? The Japanese prime minister. Yeah. Prime minister. Uh, yeah. Shinzo Abe he, was. Yeah. I mean, he was he was all in on Team America. Looks like uh, he, he really was in Florida. Yeah. Let's see, Nebraska did. Yeah, a lot for of people. Shinzo? Oh yeah. For Shinzo, that's good. Yep. Uh, let's see. Biden orders U.S. flags to be flown a half staff out of respect for former Japanese PM Shinzo Abe. That's Abe. good. Okay. All right. So all this right, is so a thing, man. It's a thing. Okay. I'm but he only got three days. He only got three days. He was killed on a war against Japan. Oh, he was killed shit. on a Friday, and they only gave him until Sunday with the half mass crap. So that's crazy. Just I don't know. The more Just, you know. This is what this is what happens. So, hey, was there uh, anything else? Uh, college football Saturday, you guys want to talk about? Maybe something like Eastern Michigan beating the shit out of Arizona State. And get fired. fired. And, I mean, if you lose the Eastern, you get fired. Oh, man. I got a lot of uh, thank yous uh, from Arizona State fans today. Uh, for tweeting. <laughs> They're pretty excited. Did you tell them all to go over to homefieldapparel.com and buy themselves some, some Eastern Michigan gear because it's, it's fire? I did not, but if they do, and it's the first time, they can they use the use code, code one foot for 15% off. Damn right. They can brand new Eastern Michigan gear. Hell, if you're an Arizona state fan, they got a great Arizona state collection. Yeah, they do. They actually really do have a good one. It's nice. Uh, and anything else? Hey, the, uh, the, from the review tonight, the air force, that air force collection oh, is the best service so academy collection that they have. Yeah. So get on over to home field apparel, homefieldapparel.com for the most comfortable vintage, Collegiate gear out there and Indianapolis Colts, I guess, right? They didn't have a good good weekend. <laughs> Got blanked by the Jags, right? Yeah, that's not it wasn't great. Although 
The Steelers, oh, the AFC North in general just had a terrible, terrible weekend. Steelers, the Ravens Bengals. blew a huge lead. The Browns blew a huge lead. Yeah, that was dumb. And the uh, Bengals have now lost to Mitchell Trubisky and Cooper Rush. Yeah, it's not going so great there. No. Uh, while we're on the uh, the topic of the NFL, I just want to remind everybody that Aaron Rodgers still owns the fucking Bears. So. And he always will. And always will. I took a alternate spread on that just so I get plus money because <laughs> I knew Aaron Rodgers would take care of business, and he did. Jude, did you see the uh, the Hail Mary uh, at Appalachian State? I didn't see it, but I heard about it. So, which do is, do yourself a favor. I, and, you know, to be honest with you, I, I'm very worried that if I watch this, I'll have I'll have like residual illness from how close that Hail Mary was to being completed in the Cal Notre Dame game. Holy cow. Oh. The uh like the yeah, have you guys watched that had one? a great I know you guys got to see it live, but have you seen like the replay where it like literally oh, yeah. hits the guy oh, yeah. in the hands? Ugh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 We, we were not we were, we were safe. Not good. We were safe. I did like uh Sports Illustrated tweet and I made sure I quote tweeted it and called him out. Notre Dame was this close to getting upset. Well, the seven fucking first of all, that would have tied the game. Oh, that wouldn't oh, even have would tied. Have gone for two? Would they've gone for two? Uh, I would have. I would have gone for two. Fuck it, let's go for oh, two. Okay. Justin Wilcox is nothing to lose at this point. No, he's not. But Wilcox also isn't like a. He's not a gamble man. I mean, he should go for it. Because but. I'm not sure if you're going to be able to to get in that position. Oh. Again. He couldn't even throw it to the end zone, and they still scored. Oh, yeah. I just watched the App State one. It's awesome. <laughs> Go Mountaineers! the The radio call was fucking phenomenal. Those guys, I mean, those guys are living a life. Yeah, I think they had a little too excess celebration there. They had a little bit of a hangover on that one. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, they're, they're college, they they showed up for college game day. Give them credit. And I love that they they took it away from Texas A and M, which is just LOL funny. But and that game was a fucking bore to watch, man. A and M and Miami. Yeah. Ugh. Miami's not good, and Texas A and M's not good. Hey. No. No, it was a. I was hoping that Oregon BYU game would be much better than it ended up being, but boy, BYU. Uh, I'm pretty sure I took BYU and had no question in my mind. I had no question at all that BYU was going to beat Oregon. Well, they were giving us and three, three and a half points. I was, I thought, oh my gosh, even if they lose, they're going to lose close. Nope. Nope. Yeah, that and so I mean that changes things a little bit for me. Um, I don't know. Oklahoma beating the dog shit out of Nebraska is just Nebraska's gonna Nebraska call, contacted Urban are, Meyer. Can we call out Josh for uh, for screwing us out of the Liberty win, Brendan? Uh, yes, we can because uh, we knew Liberty was gonna. Win. We knew Liberty would cover that shit. Yeah, at least cover. Of course, we all well, were so confident. That you guys we were shouting about a win. It almost happened, dude. It was, it was 37 36. It didn't though. <laughs> they didn't, but they were they would have covered the spread, which is how we bet. I realize that. 
Don't ask me about Liberty. I will never get it right. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else. Dude, Penn State went down, beat the dog shit out of Auburn. That was brutal. Well, I just don't bad. think Auburn's good. No, which Auburn's is just bad. They're not. It's, it's because it's, a, it's an odd number year, and like Auburn just can't be good. Or even number year. Auburn can't be good in an even number year. They're only good. They were bad the saddest part of the... The saddest part of the entire game, though, was watching Nicholas Singleton dominate again. 10 carries, 124 yards. It's like. Does that I, make you more sad or does. Uh, Drew Aller beat on the bench. Would Drew Aller, yeah, Drew Aller. No kidding, right? Um, I mean, I could have used those two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. Florida kind of snuck one out of South Florida. Yeah. Well, they were gifted uh, that one. Yeah. The, the I don't know. college kickers. I thought it was funny. Uh, like I didn't quite, it didn't quite make sense to me last week when the coaches and AP polls came out that Notre Dame still were, was getting a fair number of votes, like in others receiving. Oh, they rectified that. <laughs> I was like, they rectified that this week. There's two whole votes just in the coaches poll, which. But is meanwhile. A, isn't Michigan State still above Washington in the coaches' poll? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Proving once again nobody's watching the games, apparently. No. No, of course not. But it was a – I don't know, man. It was a pretty boring college football Saturday. Other than the App State thing. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Washington trouncing Michigan State was actually quite interesting, honestly. Now you got a three and zero Husky team, got a little bit of uh, got some momentum. Michael Penix making a difference. Brandon, I think you were bringing him up uh, last week or the week before, maybe. Lefty, lefty. Yeah. So. All right. Well, Jude, what do you got left in the tank? Anything else from the game that you want to talk about? I just I feel like this is a this was a game that uh, they just had to win. We all we knew that going into it. We knew that this was going to be like this is make or break time. And however they did it, they did it. So it is what it is. But uh, you got anything left in the tank about the game or, or elsewise? I, I guess my only question is like last week I asked the question who who's responsible for the for the loss? Which position coach? Which position coach would you give the most credit for for the fact that Notre Dame won? Al Golden. Yeah, that feels right. Uh, Al Washington. Al Washington. Yeah, Washington too. Yeah. I think uh, I give a uh, maybe because that credit. group had underperformed so much up until that day. I mean, Harry He stands group underperformed and did a lot better this 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 time too, right? That, They're not winning that game. If, but the oh my god, I was listening. Okay, so I was listening to the radio call because I was coming back from uh, from the Syracuse game, and Ryan Harris was beside himself about the back to back false start penalties. He's like, in, in my all my years of watching Notre Dame football, I can't remember a single time that this has ever happened. And this goes back to preparation. And he was he was on those guys pretty hard. He was uh, he was he was very fiery in uh, at lunch. <laughs> he was very fiery at lunchtime. I'll just uh, leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, he was worked. He was worked up. Uh, by the way, I really I, I don't I haven't really gotten a chance to watch. Or listen to Collinsworth and Burmeister, uh, Collinsworth and Garrett, but I like Burmeister and Harris. I mean, they're Bur- uh, Harris is a total homer, but like 
I think Burmeister calls a good game and he's got the right kind of like, you know, he, he understands when to pitch it up and pitch it down. Uh, Collinsworth to me has sounded a little bit robotic, which I think is kind of the drag on his dad too. And Garrett for me just says a bunch of things that like most people would notice. Right. He's like, Oh, good move off the line by that guy. You know, and he's just like, yeah, now we watched, we watched the play. Yeah. You know? I don't know that I don't know that Garrett's really brought a lot to the game that I felt like, oh, he's really he's really uh, adding to my understanding of the game or he's pointing out things that I didn't see or I don't know. Sure, you guys, I, I know you guys were the you guys were at the game, so you didn't get to see it, but for the Marshall game, did you did you watch Garrett and I- I liked him. Yeah, I liked him for that one. Um, The outcome I didn't like as much. Um, So I want to see them call a game where Notre Dame, I would have liked, I'm going to rewatch with the, because I mean, I I watched the quick cuts. So, um, but I want to, I want to see it with longer. I find that they've been, they've been non-threatening. Which is good. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, and I mean that in the in the very best of ways. Like, it's not making me. It wouldn't make me throw something at the TV, and but it doesn't make me like think I gotta turn this up and hear this shit. Um, so I mean, which is fine. I think I think you're spot on though, Jude, about Garrett. I think he kind of says, kind of just says some things to say some things. Great job, Matt. Just kind of yeah. like yeah, like hey. That's pretty cool. So, I mean, if that's the worst we could say about Garrett, then I think then then he's basically harmless. Yeah. So he's certainly not. We certainly don't have to listen to him talk about how great 1984 was for him as personally. You know. So I guess that that's I'm happy about that. No, we don't have to get. You know, they don't have the um, the personal interest stories. Right. Uh, that Pat Hayden would just fucking, oh my God, would go on and on. I mean, it's like, we've seen worse. We've seen, oh God, worse. Yeah. we've seen far worse. So it's fine. It's not, it's not the world's greatest. It's fine. I think I, I, I Collinsworth is going to have to find his voice over time. And I think that he's talented enough in that respect. I mean, I do that he'll eventually get there. It'll seem more natural than it. I don't think it sounds very natural right now. Um, but that's you know, it's still not I a huge knock. I still just, think I still I think he's getting, he's, getting his foot. he's more conditioned to play by play than he was to sideline. I thought sideline he was just kind of a dump. You know, play by play at least seems like more like his niche. You know. Yeah, he's got a, he's got the voice. For, I mean, he's got a great like natural voice for play by play. Yeah. Um, you can think of, think his dad for that one because those are just good voices for it. But like mm-hmm. the to really find his like niche um, in, in the way he calls it, you know, like, like Tariko, the way, you know, how he just kind of, I don't know. I, stoic, like the, the stoic nature in which Tariko just kind of went through the games. Um, it just kind of like the moments were never too big. Uh, you know, and then you got someone like Gus Johnson, who was able to, to create a party atmosphere for every game. Uh, <laughs> Every announcer has got their own thing. I think Collinsworth will get there, and whatever his thing is, I think it will, will you know, will end up sounding good. But they all got to have their own, their own bits and pieces to it. And let, let's you're Chris Fowler, and you can just fucking retire. Get the fuck out now. 
I mean, Collinsworth can say that. He's better than Chris Collinsworth. I'm one of those now. people that think we should be doing less of Kirk Herbstreet, not more of Kirk Herbstreet. I uh, agree with that. I watched uh, I watched the second half of that Thursday nighter and it was uh, yeah it's, it it's was not high. it's not good. This is what yeah. it is. It is. Brennan, what do you got left in the tank? Anything? Last words of wisdom from the game or anything else? No, I just feel super excited. I was. I spent when I got home and I I took a shower and I'm standing in the shower and I'm just letting the warm water rush over me and wash away, uh, you know, the stink of travel, uh, two hours, two and a half hours in a car. Um, I just was kicking myself for not grabbing the microphone and not asking Marcus Freeman if he plans on wearing green the rest of the season and pulling a Dan Devine. And just rolling with it from here on out. And then my follow-up question would have been: Do you plan on uh, was the names on the back of the jersey a one-time thing for uh, the green out, or is it tied to nil? And I, there's not a second that goes by where I don't regret not. I think both those are actually really interesting questions, and I wish somebody asked them. I didn't ask them, and I, I, I. I went to bed last night, like staring at the ceiling. I mean, I'm a hundred percent interested in knowing if, if uh, Under Armour has a, a white with green uh, numbers, like a wave version of the green Jersey. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I think, and that's going to be the pretty one. That's yeah. what I, I, I wanted to know. And I also like not only getting his answer, but planting the seed would have been nice because I don't know if he's thought about it, but, um, I would have wanted to plant the seed and I didn't do it. I bet I you it. that would have gotten mentioned on a lot of write-ups and podcasts. People would have, would have found that interesting him saying either yes or no. Yes would have been a total, it would have been its own separate story, but no. Well, yes it's, would have been... I'm going to tell you right now, it would have been hypocritical because more than half the people in that room would have rolled their eyes. At least 75% of the people would have rolled their eyes, but all of them would have wrote about it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just saying. I just know how this shit goes. You weren't asking about a third down play. So you would have got some eye rolls, but uh, everyone would have fucking read about it. I wasn't asking the fifth question about uh, Tommy. The one checking out of a play for Audrick Estime. Or the third time mentioned that they ran the same play four times in a row. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Which was funny, which that's the thing (laughs) with it is like, when you're in there and you you look at them like they don't pay attention to anybody else's questions. They have their question that they want to ask for their story that they're going to write, regardless of what the answer. They don't care what the answer is to the question. They have the story that they want to write. They just need a quote to put in their story. And so you're watching it and like you know, they're all just ignoring everybody else's question. It's like, here's the question I want to ask that's going to frame my post game story for this. Like whether mm. regardless of what the answer is, it doesn't matter what the answer is. It's not going to change the way that I'm framing my story. Uh, it's just the the, the 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 quip that I'm going to put in there. That's always uh, something kind of interesting. Like were there that. no were there no injuries? Because there wasn't any injury questions. Well, Foskey was supposed to come out for questions. And didn't. well, we we you answered that one when you left the building. And I, and I found that one. He just had to get to his girlfriend. Um, but 
yeah, I mean, I would have loved to have known about there was a period of time where both uh, Adamiola and Foskey were not on the field. They had uh, upper body injuries per um, Tyler James. Nobody asked about it. That's a that's an Eric Hansen special right off the bat. We, just don't, we don't get that anymore. Ugh. All right, just yeah. real quick. Um, the last game of the WNBA Finals. I don't know nobody cares, but I'm going to say it anyways. WNBA Finals was tonight. The Aces defeated the uh, Sun, and which means Jackie Young is now a WNBA champion. And oh, yeah. If you're scoring at home, 2022 WNBA champion, 2020. Olympic champion, 2018 NCAA champion. So good things happening to Jack Young in even years. So congratulations, uh, so, Jackie. But did Notre Dame's women's basketball Twitter account acknowledge Fuck that? It. Yes. Ashton was all over that shit. Good for her. Because that was getting ridiculous for a minute. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I mean, there was, I mean, there was the animosity between Muffet and Jackie leaving anyways. No, no, no. You're and then there was the Lloyd. whole, oh, Jewel Lloyd. Lloyd. That's right. That's yeah. right. My bad. My bad. It's okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Jewel plays for the storm. They didn't, they didn't make it all the way. So yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. My bad. Mix it up. Sorry. My, my apologies. Okay. But yeah. I am still pissed off that I am still pissed off about the whole, uh, graduation thing, Sam Bernal and all in. Oh, to not acknowledge that was fucking ridiculous. Brian Kelly was out there with all his transfers. <laughs> Brian Kelly. All right. Well, that's all. Uh, I think that's it. Um. Yeah. Just a just kind of a warning. I am not going to back down this week uh, to North Carolina. I don't fucking care. Um, and for all the shit talking I gave about Drew Pine, I got it off my chest. He's obviously QB Warren, and I am a team. I am a team player. So we'll get in line with uh, we'll get in line with Pine, and uh, we'll deal with it that way. Uh, but you know, fuck North Carolina. Fuck them. I hate them. Getting off oh, easy. We're gonna have, we're gonna have, fiery, we're gonna have a fiery just, pod on uh, when we do the preview. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it. Like, we needed this win. This was, this was not. Uh, it was not hyperbole when we were talking about how pivotal this game against Cal was. Um, I mean, I mean, a lot of the writers, uh, other writers from Notre Dame, were talking about. Uh, Similar things this week in pregame and in postgame. Um, this was a big, huge moment. And and uh, I know it was just Cal. And you got Oski shuffling on the sidelines there. But uh, they absolutely 1 billion percent needed this. Um, and now, you know, there's there's hope for, for better things for the rest of the season. Whether that's a cheese it Bowl with, with the coked out bowl rep or not, I don't know. Uh, but... You know, we were really looking down the barrel of uh, of some really bad times uh, that we've already seen uh, too many times in the last 15, 20 years. So um, who knows? Get this thing turned around. And that's it. So thanks for listening. And as always, go Irish. <laughs>